Hey, Jen Banks here. This is the podcast A is for Adversity, and I'm going to talk about being more intentional about our thoughts and our goals so we can make our lives happen instead of letting life happen to us. This is episode number seven, Family and Friends. To go along with this topic, I thought it was very fitting that a good friend be the sponsor of this episode. Kimberly Johnson was one of my mission companions and immediately became one of my best friends. She is the owner of the Etsy shop, Noelle J Designs. She makes beautiful custom artwork with watercolors and calligraphy. She makes quotes come to life and creates gorgeous custom work at your request. Check it out and follow her on Instagram. I will spend the first portion of the episode talking about family and the second portion about friends. I've also broken family into three categories, spouse, children, and in-laws. So we'll go through those in more depth now. I will start by talking about my spouse. And of course, if you don't have a spouse, you can relate this to a roommate, a parent, anyone else. The overarching theme of this episode will be expectations. So keep that in mind. I gave a talk about expectations in marriage in 2015 when I was newly married And unfortunately, it was handwritten, and I don't know where it is. (laughs) I wish I would have saved it on the computer so I could draw from that. But it's all good. So I am a hopeless romantic. (laughs) My husband is not, but that's okay. It serves me very well to be a hopeless romantic, and I enjoy romance novels and love stories and all of the above. I got home from my mission on December 16th, 2014, and... It just so happened that my husband and I started dating exactly a month later, January 16th, 2015. (laughs) My husband planned it so that he proposed on March 16th, and then we were married on July 16th, 2015. So every month on the 16th, we tell each other happy 16, and we do something fun to celebrate the day. On my mission, and many other times, my favorite question to ask couples is how did they meet? Since then, I've also heard another question that I really love, and this question was posed by the bishop in our young married student ward, and we were at a family home evening activity, and all of us were in a circle, and the bishop started with himself, and he shared a story that defined his relationship with his wife, and then he proceeded to have us go around the circle and share the story or experience that defined our relationship. Many of the couples shared their proposal story, probably because they hadn't been married long enough to have a defining experience or a defining moment. Fortunately, as I was trying to rack my brain, my husband thought of one, and so this is what we shared. First of all, you have to know, my husband Jared loves jigsaw puzzles. He has so many of them in his collection, and He prefers that they are more than 500 pieces. 500 pieces is a little boring for him, but I digress. In our first apartment, our second bedroom was multi-purpose. It was an office, it was a storage room, it was a piano room, and it was also where Jared did puzzles. We had two cases of water bottles stacked up, and he had this flat piece of wood on top that became his puzzle table. He had a 1,000-piece puzzle on it when we were about five months into our marriage. He was about halfway done with the puzzle, and I was in the room one day organizing the closet. I reached up to reposition some sleeping bags, and one of them 
came crashing down onto his puzzle. Pieces went everywhere and I was immediately devastated at what I had done. I let out a little scream and was starting to cry and Jared rushed into the room asking what had happened and I started explaining to him that I had wrecked his puzzle and he gave me a hug and was consoling me that I'd wrecked his puzzle and said, that's how they come. They're meant to be put back together. <laughs> so I feel like that defines our relationship because he's always calming me down. He's the constant in our relationship and I'm the one that tends to freak out about little things and I'm grateful that I have him to be there for me. So what experience defines your relationship? If you'd like to, you can share it with me on Instagram at jenbankscoaching, or you can email it to me at jenbank16 at gmail.com. Okay, expectations. <laughs> I'm going to start off with a joke. And this comes from the cartoon show Chowder, if you've ever heard of it. I changed it a little bit to be more relatable. There was a little boy who ran to ask his dad why his mom was crying one day. The dad said, son... Women have these things in their bodies called expectations. And the little boy said, are expectations bad? And the dad replied, they are for us. When I talked about self-care, I talked about meeting your own needs, finding out what they are, and then finding a way to meet them. This is so that we don't rely on our spouses to make us happy. We know that it's our thoughts that make us happy. It all comes down to the sentences in our brain. It might be easier to think certain thoughts around certain people, but ultimately it's up to us. Some women, in looking forward to Valentine's Day or other holidays, may say, oh, I hope he gets me flowers, or I hope he gets me this and this, and I want the day to go just like this. And it's funny because nine times out of ten, the wife has not shared that with her husband. So how does she expect to get those things if she hasn't shared them with her spouse. So with expectations, I'm not saying that you can't request things of your spouse. You're welcome to, but just don't count on that as the thing that's going to make you happy. Decide to be happy and then whatever your spouse does is just icing on the cake. On my mission, I was writing two boys at the same time and I'd been out for about six months when Dana Davis <laughs> happened to ask me, which one I liked better. And I said that I didn't know, and she had me describe them both to her. So one of them was Jared, my current husband, and the other was this boy named Brian. And after I shared the description of both of them, Dana shared with me that when I was talking about Brian, it was just matter of fact, this is who he is, this is what he's like. But when I was describing Jared, I was twirling my hair and giggling and so she pointed out that I liked Jared better. And from that day forward, I only wrote Jared. And, you know, the rest is history. We came home from our missions and dated and then got married shortly after. I chose Jared and I'm still choosing him today. The quote that I have to go with this section is, Quite often we change jobs, friends, and spouses instead of ourselves. And that's by Akbali H. Jethra. And it's so true. I agree 100%. When we change those things, we're trying to change our circumstance, which may work temporarily or for a time, but ultimately we choose how we're going to feel about the life we have. To end the section, I'm going to talk about mirroring, and I'm also going to talk about this with children and in-laws as well. 
If our spouse comes home stressed from work, our natural reaction is to be stressed along with him or her. Unfortunately, this isn't helpful. (laughs) It kind of just multiplies it and we think that we're being a support by showing empathy when in reality, it would be much more helpful to be more encouraging. Same goes for if your spouse is sad. Sometimes you want to be sad that they are sad. This sounds like a nice thought, right? But we can still feel empathy and compassion without mirroring. Your spouse chooses how they are going to feel. And we know that we can't change people. We can't change the thoughts that they're having. Ultimately, it's up to them. Okay, moving along to children. And I won't spend a lot of time talking about children because we'll spend a lot of time talking about this in the N episode, Nurturing. So again, in the last episode, we talked about trying on different thoughts. And one of them is that it's not your job to make your children happy. If you hold on to the thought that it is, that's not very useful and you'll operate from a much different place. It is your job to hold them accountable. If you clean up your thoughts in your parenting area, it'll be much easier to actually be the parent and to show up as the parent that you want to be without yelling or doing something that you'll regret later. Another hard thought to remember is that your children have agency. It's not useful to try and control them or make decisions for them. They are on their own journey and have the experiences they do for a reason. The quote that I have for this section is, We spend the first 12 months of our children's lives teaching them how to walk and talk, and the next 12 months telling them to sit down and be quiet. And that's by Phyllis Diller. Mirroring definitely shows up here too. (laughs) Picture a toddler throwing a temper tantrum. And if you get angry that they're throwing a tantrum, aren't you just throwing a tantrum as well? (sighs) And finally, in-laws. Families are like fudge, mostly sweet with a few nuts. I've heard a lot of coaching done for mother-in-laws and in-laws, but fortunately, I lucked out in that department. I love my mother-in-law. She has become one of my best friends, and I love all my sisters and brother-in-laws. Sisters-in-law? Brothers-in-law? The two examples I thought of for mirroring here are, are you being judgmental about them being judgmental? Are you being grumpy about them being grumpy? Again, I'm just bringing these up so that we can become more aware of them and see how we're operating in our lives. I'm going to bring in a model example here. And if you don't know what the model is, go back and listen to episode A, Adversity, and it'll break it down for you. So again, the letters are C-T-F-A-R, and they stand for circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. So in the example I'm going to give, the circumstance is that you call your mother-in-law and you ask her three different days or times to watch your kids and she says no each time. So that's the circumstance. It's just what you do. There's no drama. There's no emotion. It's just the facts. And then your thoughts about this are that your mother-in-law doesn't like your children because if she did, she would babysit them more. She should want to take care of them and she should find a way to make it work. So we need to be aware of the shoulds here. (laughs) This comes back to expectations. You're trying to change her. So the feelings these thoughts create are anger, disappointment, and judgment. And as a result, you might complain to your friends and add more meaning to the story than what is there. Or maybe you become judgmental of your mother-in-law in other ways, or you become passive aggressive. 
And the result that this creates in your life is that you find more proof of this. Every time your mother-in-law does something, you attribute it back to your thought that your mother-in-law doesn't like your children. And maybe you become a more critical version of yourself. We can see how destructive these thoughts are because maybe she literally just didn't have time or has a busier week than normal or some unknown reason that you don't even know. Okay, moving on to friends. Friends are the sprinkles on the ice cream of life. The summer before I went to Utah State, I got an email telling me who my roommates would be. I lived on campus and I wasn't going with anyone that I knew, so my roommates were all random. I, of course, did what most people do and Facebook stalked them and immediately my head started creating judgments. Fast forward to actually meeting them and they were much different people than I had made in my brain. (laughs) Most all of us have been taught to be careful and that our brain has that judgment instinct to keep us safe. It gets us into danger though when it keeps us from building friendships. In my institute class that semester, which is just a religion class, we sing a hymn entitled, Should You Feel Inclined to Censure? And censure is just an old time word for judge. I'd like to read those lyrics because it was so impactful when we sang that and it just resonated with me so much. This hymn is by Philip Paul Bliss and it reads, Should you feel inclined to censure, faults you may in others view. Ask your own heart ere you venture, if you have not failings too. Let not friendly vows be broken, rather strive a friend to gain. Many words in anger spoken find their passage home again. And the second verse says, Do not then, in idle pleasure, trifle with a brother's fame. Guard it as a valued treasure, sacred as your own good name. Do not form opinions blindly, hastiness to trouble tends. Those of whom we thought unkindly oft become our warmest friends. I've had so many fantastic friends over the years, and I cannot wait until COVID settles down so that I can see more of them again. The interesting thing, though, is that friendship exists in your mind. Friendship is a thought. You can feel a deep connection with someone who doesn't even know you. I often tell myself I'm best friends with Jodi Moore, but she has no idea who I am. So again, that friendship and those connections exist in my mind. Because it exists in your mind... Refrain from having expectations of your friends. Again, you can't control them. It's all up to you how you're going to feel about the relationship and what you're going to do to be a good friend. You can have expectations about yourself all day long. You're in control. You get to make your goals and set your plans and you do you. But the danger comes when we start having expectations of others. Your Weekly Wisdom is a quote by Marvin J. Ashton and he says, None of us need one more person bashing or pointing out where we have failed or fallen short. Most of us are already well aware of the areas in which we are weak. What each of us does need is family, friends, employers, and brothers and sisters who support us, who have the patience to teach us, who believe in us, and who believe we're trying to do the best that we can in spite of our weaknesses. Whatever happened to giving each other the benefit of the doubt? Whatever happened to hoping that another person would succeed or achieve? whatever happened to rooting for each other. You be the best you and let others do the same. Have a good week. Remember to share this podcast with your family and friends.